Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. I am Victor Omoyo and it is Tuesday, May 9th, 2016 and we are on episode 73. I just put up two fingers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you put up two fingers. But well, because okay. I'm trying to do everything with one hand. Okay, I got you. <laughs> all right. So yeah, we're back uh, another week. Thank you all for joining us. With me to my right is my dear co-host, Carl Bird. Bert? What up, Bert? What the yeah. hell? <laughs> I don't know. How are we doing, man? Doing all right. How about you? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty cool, good. Cool, cool. Yeah. So this week uh, we're going to talk about uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, which was uh, uh, last week's uh, big, uh, last weekend's big uh, movie release. So we're going to get into a little bit of non-spoilers and mostly spoilers for that review later on. T- later on this episode. Spoiler, spoiler alert will be coming. Yes. Yes, indeed. So if you haven't seen it, well, just stick around. Uh, what have you been up to, man? What's, wow. what's new? It's actually a pretty rather busy weekend. Uh, first off, um, it was a special uh, our Special Olympics uh, weekend mm-hmm. for the uh, regional games. So I want to b- give a big shout out to all my athletes. Um, actually, re- very uh, special. Well, I wouldn't say special, but um, I do want to commend them because within the past few weeks, we have lost two of our athletes and. Um, mm-hmm. They still managed to, you know, even if even though we did get rained out, unfortunately, but they still managed to show up in good spirits and just still, you know, had a good time and enjoyed themselves and, you know, did all they can. It was highly unfortunate that um, a lot of the events did get rained out. Mm-hmm. But like I said, they still came in and showed some good support. So, you know, rest in peace to our, to our athletes that we lost this week. Hence the uh, ribbon that I'm wearing today, wearing today's episode. And um, yeah, you know, best you know, best wishes to all of them as they move forward beyond these uh, few losses. And um, other than that, uh, free comic book day was this past weekend. Uh, we yes. met up at um, Rod Coco's was our local uh, comic shop that shows us tons of support. So and we thank them for that. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually did pretty good. I purchased some, and then I also ended up getting five. Um, five comics um one was i only got to read one of them because you know my work schedule gets in the way of everything so i started reading um the rift which is you know they gave a little sample is one of them's called the rift which is actually presented by jeremy renner so it, ha- it has a little time travel involved um the only the only thing i got about it was um it start in present day um, this, la- this lady and her son was just simply driving across Kansas, and next thing you know, a uh, World War II uh, fighter jet just crashed in front of them. And you know, the guy, the pilot actually survived, and he's in there. Hey, what's going on? Hey, is broad? Is this no place for a broad for you to be around here? She's like, What are you calling broad? Because he's still in the 40s, you know, during World War II. So I guess. Chivalry wasn't that great back then, Oops. but uh, um, so she's you know, she's like, hey, you're in modern times, like what's going on? And it kind of just left on a cliffhanger of that. Mm-hmm. And also on the other side of that same comic, um, there was Kaiser Soze. I hope I'm saying that right. Yep. Um, it's actually based on the character from the 1990 film, 1995 film, excuse me, The Usual Suspects. So, um, didn't really go into much. It was kind of like a little teaser trailer. 
um, is, took place in 1986, and there's a drug uh, drug deal going on, and all of a sudden, Kaiser Soze just lights on fire, you know, just lights the setting on fire, the cops show up, there's a big show shootout, and he writes his name on brick wall and on fire, Kaiser Soze, and that just kind of ended with that. So that was actually recommended by a good friend of the show, uh, Jim Savard, and I also picked up, issue finally picked up, issue four of Hellion, so that's gonna, that's in stores, and I picked, I actually did pretty good. Um, also picked up the Street Fighter Five, uh, Dragon Ball, an all new Guardians of the Galaxy, and um, Briggsland, which is at, which I have, have been reading. And then also it comes with Avatar on the other side. And of course I had to co continue on with uh, my Sons of Anarchy pre Sons of Anarchy prequel, mm -hmm. Briggsland, supporting Jim with Hellion issue four, and still collecting my Marvel. Um, my Marvel hip hop covers. So uh, this Iron Fist, which is in tribute to Redman's Doctor Name, Doctor Name 2000, Nick Fury, Agents of Shield, inspired by Riz's Bobby Digital, and um, this Electra Ninja Assassin, inspired by Jay Z's American Gangster um, nice. album. So um, that, and then also I caught a I caught the um, 2017 MTV Movie TV Awards. Okay. Um, that was on this weekend. Um, I, I was watching it while I was at work, so I, cause I wasn't really into it. But I ended up getting um, getting some getting the results. Um, Wikipedia has everything. <laughs> but um, this year's Generation Award went to the uh, Fast and the Furious, Victor's favorite franchise. Really? What's the Generation Award? I don't know. Yeah, but uh, apparently, well, Fast and Furious did impact this generation that we live in. I don't know why, but okay. Come on now. Everybody from our generation, from when we were in high school mm -hmm. till now, we were packing up in these those theaters to watch those movies. You know, I, I, I just, it's still unbelievable. It has made a huge cultural impact on our generation. How so? Because it made a billion dollars? Not even, not even that. I mean, it just, it was just... How can I say? It's just like, I don't know, in a way, everybody was touched by a Fast and the Furious movie. Everybody, like, and it was just a, it was a, let me see, how can I, I wish I could have better prepared for it. <laughs> you had to ask me why, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know what a generation award is, so. I honestly don't either. They just, maybe, this whole thing's new, because it always was just the movie awards, mm -hmm. but then this year is the first year that they combined movie and TV, mm -hmm. but yeah, they gave the generation award to the Fast and Furious franchise. Okay. All right. All right. But then movie of the year went out to Beauty and the Beast, show of the year, Stranger Things, well, definitely well-deserved. I've never seen um, Beauty and the Beast. At least the new live action. Best actor in the movie went to Emma Watson. Best actor in the show went to Millie Bobby Brown. Um, best comedic performance went to Lil Ray Howery for Get Out. I agree. I'm not objective to that one. I mean, I kind of wanted to be a TSA agent <laughs> after watching that movie. Uh, best duo, best hero went to Taraji P Henson for Hidden Figures. Okay. Um, best villain went to Jeffrey Dean Morgan for The Walking Dead. Yeah. Well, he was the only reason why I wanted to, like, he, he's what's keeping the franchise going at this point. Like, everybody, I, at this point, I'm looking forward to his scenes the most. 
Yeah, I mean, N- Negan, uh, he's just so one note as a villain, though. Like, I, I know I know exactly what he's all about. That first, point, yeah. Yeah, that first uh, season seven premiere episode, yeah, there's, there's nothing more to him except, you know, wielding a bat and talking shit. That's it. Nope. He's a dictator. Yeah, he's a dictator, but there's no depth to him, no nothing. He's not a cool villain. I'm gonna say this, Negan is fucking lame. I don't, I don't know how he is in the comics, but in, on the television show, he's lame. There's, he's boring. He's fucking boring. The governor was more interesting than Negan. That's just my opinion. You're entitled to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> moving on. Best kiss went to Ashton Sanders and Jarrell Jerome for Moonlight, and they didn't kiss at the at the award show. He, I mean, Jarrell Jerome just kind of said, Mwah, and then kind of rubbed it on his lips as they were walking away. Okay. Um, best documentary went to the 13th. Mm. Best reality competition is RuPaul's Drag Race. Best TV host, uh, Trevor Noah for The Daily Show. Mm-hmm. Tear Jerker moment went to Jack and Randall at Karate's scene from and This Is Us. I actually watched that scene. It was pretty touching. And I never really watched the watched show, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Next Generation went to Daniel Kalua for Get Out, which means, like, best new actor. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what it's equivalent to that. Best duo, Hugh Jackman and Daphne Keene for Logan. Best American Story, Blackish. Best Fight Against the System, Hidden Figures. Best Movicool moment. You're the one I want, the ensemble for Grease Live. Mm-hmm. Trending, run the world, girls. Oh, from Channing Tatum's performance in Lip Sync Battle. Okay, that's pretty much it. It wasn't really a live, sh- long show as far as it. It's like a secondary, okay, this is a little show, a word show that we did. Because everybody knows the VMAs is MTV's real, real award show. Yeah. So other than that, that's pretty much uh, what I've been through. It hasn't really been much, but what about you? What the hell have you been up to? Well, uh, I too uh, experienced free comic book day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we both went to Rococo's uh, this past Saturday and I picked up five free comics, uh, none of which I have on me right now. Um, they're on that table over there, so if you'll excuse me, I'm gonna go get those comics right now. Carl, you can uh, stall and uh, talk to our viewers for a second. What the hell am I gonna talk about? I don't know, this is mad professional, son. <laughs> yeah, I was not prepared for this at all. Okay, he's back, that didn't take long. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, I got five uh, free comics uh, from our dear friend Jim Savard at uh, at the Arakokos. Uh, first one I got was a pretty interesting one called Malika, Warrior Queen, and this one is uh, written by um, what's his name? Uh, Roy Roye Okupe. It's like a Nigerian uh, uh, graph uh, writer and uh, artist. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's pretty interesting. It's a, a pretty interesting, um, uh, pretty interesting fictional fictional adventure tale. Um, apparently the uh, graphic novel is coming out with the first seven chapters of this book uh, coming out in June. So I might pick it up, you know, nice. to read more about it. Um, I also got this... kind of looks like a black uh, Xena warrior princess. Sort of. You know, kind of like kinda some elements of that uh, historical, um, I guess, historical fiction. Okay. Um, the second one I, bought, I got is a, a, a steampunk series called Lady Mechanica. Which has some fantastic artwork in it too. Which uh, and I, in fact, I, I read the I read this whole book, the this uh, this book right here, and it's a pretty it's it's a pretty interesting story. It's about this uh, character, Lady Mechanica, who has no memory of uh, of uh, her her former life when she was like she was raised in captivity, but she had no no memory of that, and she's like kind of like trying to figure out, you know how to go about you know society as a private investigator and takes place in this so steampunk uh victorian era inspired society and it's 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 pretty it's a it's a pretty cool uh series of 
series from what I've read so far. I actually ordered um, the uh, first three graphic novels uh, mm -hmm. online, so I'll definitely get into this series more. Um, this one was a Steam Wars uh, Strike Leader. Uh, apparently, this is supposedly inspired by Star Wars. I'm just by looking at it, I got the feel. I'm getting the feel that it was inspired by Star Wars. Yeah, I'm, like I, I only skimmed through it, but it, it, my first impression so far kind of looks like um, kind of like professional fan fiction of Star Wars, just in a steampunk setting. Which yeah, I suppose is a cool concept, but I really can't say enough about it to really give any. Uh, analysis about it. You said you read all your comics. You lied to us. I read four out of five. I don't well, listen, listen. You're listen. a phony. <laughs> Big fat phony. It's four out of five. Who gives a shit? Anyway. <laughs> um, and of course I also got the DC Rebirth Wonder Woman. Figures. Yep. So I pretty pretty good story. Um, pretty good snippet of a story I should say here. I got the first two uh, paperbacks of of the of this uh, series. Um, the, DC, the DC Rebirth, I gotta say, man, I've, I've been looking it up, and they've gotten some very good, very good praise, you know, for the most I've been, part. Yeah, I've been hearing, I think Maurice mentioned that a few weeks ago when he was still on the show. Um, he was just saying, you know, indicating that a lot of the DC comics are good, except mm -hmm. that their movies are just god-awful. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Live-action movies. I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I don't want to discredit the animated movies. Oh yeah, the animated movies are, are pretty cool. It's a weird dynamic because like DC is killing it on the comics front, but they're getting killed on the movie front. And it's and destroyed the, in the yeah, movie front. It is. And the inverse is true for Hell, the image the image universe is being DC. <laughs> oh absolutely. Creatively. <laughs> they're not even everything. really putting anything out except what? Walking Dead? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But um but it's weird because like with Marvel, the inverse is true where their movies are killing it. But their but their uh, comics lately are have a lot to be desired, at least among like fans and critics, um, as far as like general rev reviews go. Because with all the many multitude of events that Marvel has had, yeah. like the last couple of years alone with it's Secret Wars, yeah, it's a lot. And now there's a new one. Was it Secret Empire? Yeah, Secret Empire, which I want to oh, wow. get into. I've been hearing a lot. I've been hearing some good stuff about that. Okay. And it picks. I think it, I believe it picks up if you you should get the news by now that it turns out that Captain America turns out to be a Hydra agent all along. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, um, I don't know. I, don't I didn't know. read into it, so I can't really like give an in-depth uh, in review on it, but mm. I mean, I'm hearing, hey, Captain America's a Hydra agent. Where, where would that go? I'm curious. So, yeah. so I do plan on picking that up within the next couple of weeks when okay. I get a trip back to Rock Cocos. Right. Indeed. Yeah. And uh, last but not least, I got uh, a sample issue of uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky's uh, famous and iconic uh, comics, comic uh, graphic novel, The Inkle, which uh, which is actually pretty cool. Like it's a it's a twenty six page twenty six page sampler of his uh, nineteen eighty one graphic novel. Okay, I'm like that ain't a sampler. That's a damn issue. Well, it's a, I, I call it a sample because like. I, I know of his of the of the Inkle as like a whole completed work. Yeah, uh, which he did throughout the '80s, I believe. And um, there's also two other additional books which he which he made like in recent years. There was uh, Before the Inkle, which is like a prequel to this, and Final Inkle, which is a sequel. And you read them? And you read them as um, well? I haven't read those, but I really want to re get into uh, the Inkle because like I heard it was like enormously influential, and it was actually um, it, it was actually inspired by. Uh, what would have been uh, Jodorowsky's uh, version of Dune, his his his, ver his movie version, mm -hmm. which never got off the ground. So he took a lot of the artistic concepts from it and applied it to to this book. Oh, okay. 
So I definitely want to get into this, and he also had another book called uh, The Meta Barons, right. which I want to get into as well. So yeah, these are the uh, comics that I picked up from Free Comic Book Day. So lots, lots of good stuff to get into. I'm, I'm definitely going to try to get into uh, reading more graphic novels. Me uh, too. I fell, I fell off a long time. I fell off for a while, so I'm, I'm ready to get back into my comic, my comic book reading. Yeah. Absolutely, and um, also, also be, uh, besides that, I did uh, binge watch a a new show uh, with my with friend of the show uh, Jen. Uh, I did binge binge watched it yesterday, and I, I'm actually still working through the uh, second and current season. And it's this awesome show called Underground, uh, starring Journey Smollett Bell. Uh, have you seen it or heard of it? No. It's a oh man, you should get into it. It's a really cool s series. It, it it started last uh, last year in March. Okay, so it's fairly new. Are you watching it on Netflix? Uh, the first season's on Hulu. Okay. Uh, but the second one, um, uh, fortunately, it's available on demand. Okay. And uh, it, it's, it's, it takes place in 1857 in the antebellum South. And uh, it, st it stars Journey Smollett-Bell as Rosalie, who's this, uh, this house slave who, who escapes this her plantation in Macon, uh, Georgia. And uh, she escapes along with this other slave named Noah and um, five others. Okay. Um, they're known as the Macon Seven. And so in the first season, in this 10-episode arc, you kind of see their, their, their lives on the plantation and, and all the struggles and uh, trials and tribulations they have to go through. And also, there's this, there's this really uh, weird, weird, weird and terrible dynamic between Rosalie's mom named Ernestine, who's also a house slave, and uh, and Tom Macon, who's the master, the the slave owner, and uh, and their and their relationship is just really twisted as to like basically like, like basically the, it's like the whole thing's like how far would you go to save your child, and uh, and Rosalie's mom Ernestine has to go through these terrible indignities to kind of to make sure her 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 daughter survives on, on the fields or, or in the house I should say. That sounds awfully sad. It's it's an awfully it's it's it. I mean, obviously, being a bit that's based in slavery, American slavery, it is. Yeah, it's not, I don't think anything's really good about that. <laughs> oh no, but uh, but it's a but it's an it's a an amazing show um, with uh, great characters. The storyline is is great, especially where you see how how these characters develop and and how and how far they get to on their they get they get on their journey. And uh, there's this one really contemptible character which I absolutely hate on the show. This dude named Cato. Oh, he's one. Yeah, he's basically the Uncle Ruckus of the show, and that he's 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 the house nigga, and uh, did, did you really have to say all that? No, he is a house. Yeah, nigga. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, 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 okay. You could. He's a house negro. All right. Just I, say n word. No. Nah. We gotta be. We come on. Oh come on, man. Come on, man. Listen, listen. It's it's it's, it's, it's based on the times of the show. It's yeah. Based, okay. And, and but we are not in those times right now. We. I, have, Oh, I, I know that, but Jesus Christ. I mean, I don't use the word personally in real life, but we're talking about the context of the show, right? And that's exactly what he is. All right. And, and, and the thing is, this guy... You could have ended it at the Uncle Ruckus of it. Yeah, well... But yeah. then not a lot of people who watch the Boondocks and know who Uncle Ruckus is. But yeah, I know. He's, he's, he's basically... There's, like, there's other words you could have used. Yeah, sell up motherfucker. That's what his name is. There you anyway. go. There you go. Yeah, but I would prefer that. All right, fine. But this house nigga Kato, but he he's like he's a dude he's a dude who's just so self-loathing, but he's such an opportunist, and he's just nakedly unashamed of being of being somebody of being an open snake, somebody who's willing to say what he wants and do what he has to in order to get get ahead and survive, and 
although the, the show does, the show doesn't make it easy to sympathize with him, even though it doesn't introduce some elements of his background and some hints as to what he may have gone through in the past. Mm -hmm. um, but e either way, you still you, you still want to see him suffer even more than he already does because he does make the other slaves suffer, you know, in order just so he can survive. And he, and he, and he kind of he has this pretentious air about him how he carries himself as you know he's better than the rest of the slaves because you know he's he sees himself as cultured and more um just superior and and he's really not sounds like like sounds sounds like a real good act is portraying him if you hate him he is i mean i mean he is in fact i'm gonna I'm look i'm gonna look up the uh, actor who plays him and and and, and, the, and the whole cast is great uh like i said um Alano Miller, yeah, he plays Cato, just a contemptible character all around. Um, and also, um, uh, there's also another interesting character, this uh, slave catcher who's a bounty hunter. His name is August Pullman, and he's played by Christopher Maloney, who, whom you all probably know from uh, Law and Order SVU. I like him. He's cool. He's cool. Yeah, his his character his character is very interesting in that um, he he's like a single father. He's uh, raising his uh, 11 year old boy, and he's trying to. And, and, and his son is, he's starting to expose his son uh, to the very realities of his job and life in general. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really interesting to see like how he navigates, you know, being a slave catcher, but also doing what he, not, not, not necessarily because he's prejudiced, but because he has to, he has to, because he's, he's poor and he has yeah. to raise his son. He has to get money any way he can. Um, I will say without any spoilers, um, uh, Journey Smollett Bell, her her character, uh, I I loved her. I love her performance in this in this show, and and her she's a good actress. She is a good actress, and I'm really I'm really glad that she's uh that she's got a steady gig with with this show, and and seeing her character develop, especially in season two, which I won't give any hints. It's 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 very interesting seeing you know how far she's come, but at the same time, just how f like like her character is sort of like one step forward two steps back especially in the second season and i really can't get into it without revealing any details but you'll see what i mean if you do watch the second and current season but uh one other one other uh actor i have to give credit to is in the second season is this actress um aisha hines yes aisha hines who plays harriet tubman in the second season of, Un of underground i need to see what she looks like um, she's in that. Have you seen? Have you seen uh, the Fox, the new Fox miniseries, uh, Shots Fired? I catch the last few minutes of it because I always try to rush home from work to catch Empire. Okay. Yeah, like she, like she plays, she plays a a, a recurring character on that show. Oh, okay. But she plays Harriet Tubman in this one, and and in this 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 show, man, like the the last episode that I watched in the, in this season is where she gives. It is where she's actually speaking uh, to this group of um, abolitionists about yeah. her life story and like the things that she goes through, like you know, on the Underground Railroad res rescuing other slaves. Like the whole episode, this particular episode in the second season is dedicated to her, and this episode is called Minty, and it's where Aisha Hines as Harriet Tubman, she's actually delivering her speech to these abolitionists for a whole hour, the whole episode. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like a one-woman play. Sort of. Oh, okay. And it's just amazing to watch because, like, as as she as she's getting into you know the, her experiences, like you're absorbed, you're, you're just riveted by like her her words and her performance, and it's like it's like it's like watching Harriet Tubman speak right there. She looks that much like her. Yeah, she kind of does. Like the she kind of has that that the look and also like the 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 demeanor and just like 
just like the whole getting into the whole headspace of that character is just it was just amazing to watch and it's, it was so cool that I actually do want to watch that episode again just to just to enjoy the performance again even more and for me that was the best episode I've seen of Underground so far so yeah that's so yeah I, I could say a lot more about Underground but then I'd have to get into spoilers but all, all I gotta say is definitely check this show out it's on WGN America Okay. Um, and but you can catch the first season on Hulu. Um, if you don't have Hulu, you could uh, watch it on Amazon, but you'd have to pay for either per episode or pay for the whole season. Um, or there are other ways you can watch the second season of Underworld. Fire stick. That's what he's trying to get at. That's his words, not mine. <laughs> you know there are ways to get around it, uh, but uh, but yeah, it's an awesome show. Check it out, man. It's, it's great. And. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got. What about this? Oh yeah, uh, quick quick movie recommendation. Um, not, not I won't get into it too deeply. Uh, definitely check out this new film called The Girl with All the Gifts. It's a uh, zombie. It's a zombie sci-fi thriller uh, uh, directed by um, Cole, Cole McCarthy, and uh, it's a it's a film about this. Um, it, it takes place in this um, this bunker in this um, this army uh, facility. It's in it takes place in London. And um, the main character is this girl named Melanie, who's this young, this young child, and uh, she's infected. Uh, she's infected. However, even though, even though she's infected and she she should turn into a zombie, she actually still has the mental faculties of herself of a of a, of a normal human. So she okay. still has her identity, her consciousness, but she also has the uh, the blood thirst or the flesh thirst rather of a zombie. So. So there are times where she has to feed in order to stave off her her, her hunger. Yeah. Or if you're around her for too long, uh, then she'll then she'll start biting at you. So she's always she's always like fighting her instinct. That's the little girl who plays it. Yeah, uh, it's a young girl who plays it. I think. Uh, let me look it up. Um, it's it's a really it's a really cool film. It's on it's currently on Blu-ray right now, and uh, you can you can also rent the Blu-ray, which I which I'm currently renting from uh, Netflix. Uh, Melanie, uh, Senia Nanuna. Yeah. Yep. I hope I pronounced that. Yeah, Senia Nanua. She plays the, the main character, Melanie. Oh, okay. And the film also stars a Gemma Arterton as a Helen, who's like her teacher, and a Patty Considine is in it, and Glenn Close is in it as well. She Glenn Close is the only one I've heard of. Yeah, she plays like the the scientist working to find a vaccine or a cure for this whole zombie outbreak. Oh, okay. And the whole and the whole film's kind of like a survivalist tale, and it kind of raises interesting questions about okay, you know. You have this main character Melanie, who's even even though she's technically a zombie, but she's also human. Mm -hmm. So, so she, she's basically like an un, she's like an alive zombie. Yeah, like a living zombie. And it's like the question is, it's like how ethical is their whole quest to survival when they're putting down other people, other right. zombies who don't have her gifts, if you will. Yeah. Um, also, um, it kind of wrestles with the question of like um, whose whose world, whose world does 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 you know. Who does the Earth really belong to now? The zombies, people like Melanie, or should the humans fight against all odds, all odds to reclaim, take over, to retake the planet? It's a really cool film. Um, I definitely recommend checking it out. Um, and 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 the zombies in the film, they are of the 20, 28 days later variety, so they are runners. Oh, so I know I know you, you're not a you're not, yeah. not a not the biggest fan of that. I know right. you're more of a traditionalist yeah. when it comes to zombie fiction, but. It's it's a really cool film. Uh, definitely check it out. Uh, the girl. I'm open to check it out. Yeah. Just that I probably I will be turned off by runner zombies. Yeah, and I think they're called they're called hungries in the film. Hungries. Yeah. Nobody wants to use zombies no more. They use the term zombies no more. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Like in I, Walking Dead, they're called walkers or yeah. biters or whatever. Anything but zombie. They actually mm. do not mention the word zombie in The Walking Dead. But yeah. and uh, these are hungries. Um, um, Resident Evil, do they? I think Resident Evil. I think they do call them zombies or okay. undead. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't think it's a trademark thing. I don't think it, there's no trademark. I don't think trademark. so either. But I think it's just. Uh, I don't know. Just maybe it's like some type of cha meme challenge. I don't know. But <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like maybe maybe I guess like to be a little more creative than just say. I, yeah, I would say so too. Yeah. In the Walking Dead comic, they say it all the time though. Oh, zombie. They say zombie all the time in the comics. But oh, okay, nice. So yeah, check it out. The girl with all the gifts. All right. So now we gotten that out the way. Uh, let's go into our uh, news and items of interest. Yes. Starting off with uh, Game of Thrones spinoffs in development with George R. R. Martin involved. I uh, wonder how you like that, Maurice. <laughs> <laughs> George Fat Fat Martin. Yeah. It doesn't sound the same without him saying. Yeah, it doesn't. He says it with such like George. <laughs> but yeah, HBO has closed deals with screenwriters to work on four potential prequel Game of Thrones series. The writers are Max Bernstein from from 2014's Godzilla and Kong Skull Island, Kong Skull Island, excuse me, Jane Goldman from The Kingsman and Secret Service, and George R. R. Martin and Brian Hel Helgeland Helgeland from L.A. Confidential and Carly Rae Madman and George Fat Fat Martin again. Mm. I don't know if that's a typo if you put them twice, but... And then also, David Ben... Benioff. Benioff and D.B. Weiss will executive produce all the projects. No release dates as of yet. Mm. Um, why the F not? They're making, too, they're making money off of, off of it. it it's, it's, that's what it sounds It sounds like a money thing. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, and George Martin, he's, uh, he's working with two of the screenwriters uh, for, for these prequel series. I mean... Four, four, I mean, it says four potential prequel series, so I don't know if they're going to do all, f well, they are going to do all four, it seems, but it's just, it's just weeks of overkill, like oversaturation, if you will, because the main series alone is just phenomenal. Right. But, but I, I think this is definitely going to, you know, dilute the formula, if you will. That's a, I have a feeling of that too, but yeah, I, w I would like to see like some prequels on, you know, like maybe how the Night's Watch came about. Um, the uh, game, well, we already got into some detail about Jon Snow and his mother and how Jon Snow came to be. Mm. Um, the, the, the Targaryens, uh, maybe even the Lannisters, you know. Mm. Those can be, you know, some good, you know, some good potential prequels that I would be interested in seeing. Um, mm -hmm. I know you're not necessarily a fan of prequels at all. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of prequels. Um, thanks a lot, Star Wars. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm because because I'm all about I'm all about you know moving the needle forward, you know, pushing the envelope, not going back. Understandable. You know? You know, understandable, but some prequels I would like to see. Like honestly, I would. I know you're pro you're not a fan, of, especially you know Star Wars ruin that for you but yeah. i would like to see a young yoda prequel i mean uh, th that that does sound a little intriguing um, I, to be honest it does yeah. you know to you know because yoda's like not almost 900 years old yeah exactly you know you can go back about, about a good 500 yeah you know maybe go back to like the jedi in their prime or something like that exactly that, be, that might be pretty cool uh and with the with these uh, game of thrones uh spinoffs um 
Well, two things. One, I hope it does explore more of the world of Game of Thrones, not just Westeros and uh, yeah. the Eastern continents. Maybe more of the no, more of the known world, mm -hmm. other places that we haven't seen before or aren't known in the series as of yet. And also, um, another thing too is I, I find it interesting that George R. R. Martin is working on has is taking the time to work on these prequels, but yet he's yeah, not finding time to work on book, yeah. work on his book. You know, I think isn't there supposed to be two more books in the series? I believe so. Yeah, like I think, and people have been waiting. That's my, I was, man, the book readers have been waiting. They've yeah. been oh, they're pissed off at us TV watchers. Oh, they we spoiled. I mean, <laughs> it, it was just so funny. I seen a meme about it. I actually had it saved in my phone for like a long time. It's ever since it, you know, the resurrection of Jon Snow. Mm -hmm. It's just like. It showed in one, it was like a comic, and they said, oh, it was, had a guy who was wearing a Game of Thrones shirt talking to somebody who was wearing a Song of Ice and Fire shirt saying, oh, don't you spoil this for me. I know how you book readers are. Don't you spoil it for me. And then the next panel, it's the guy, the kid with the Game of Thrones shirt going, Jon Snow's still alive. And uh, <laughs> some guy, I, 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 uh, the book reader is just looking at him pissed off, and I'm, and I'm saying to myself, like, we the entertainment industry totally did that. I mean, he did. I mean, hey, I, I mean, I, I mean, I gotta say, like, I do feel for you know fans of fans of the books like Maurice, especially who you know dedicated many years to you know keeping up with the literature. He dedicated a whole episode to just ranting. Oh, I you know I listen to that from time to time actually. That, really. Uh, that's actually what that's actually a, one of my favorite uh, non-Victor episodes. Really? Yeah, because like like his well, whole for once somebody else is written beside you. Yeah, yeah, like the whole fact that he had like five ultimatums in the span of two minutes. That was so cool. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, you know, Game of Thrones. I mean, I mean, I mean, if, if they match the quality of of this current series, then I think we are in for a treat. Fingers crossed on that. Yeah, but you know what? Eh. I'm pre I'm, I'm like I said, not the biggest fan of prequels, but you know, again, I'm sure that many fans of the TV series will rejoice. Oh yeah, I'm all for taking I'm all for taking chances. So by all means, why the hell not? Yeah, sure. And I still would like to see a Sons of Anarchy prequel. Okay, I still need to watch that show. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I know. Asshole. Listen, hey, <laughs> why gotta why gotta be all that, man? Because we had a deal. Listen, I will get into. The, I was gonna get into the show last weekend, right? But I had. Yeah, you you did say, it, and it was documented that you would say that you would get into it last week. Listen, it takes time to grade mad research papers. One and two, I had to. I got into underground. All right, don't don't blame it on me. It ain't my fault. Life happens. Take responsibility for your actions, sir. You could have said no. Let's do Sons of Anarchy, but nope. You wanted to watch Underground. Next, next, uh, next, uh, headline. Oh, is right once again. Shut up. Next, <laughs> uh, next headline, uh, is, uh, apparently net, the controversial Netflix series, 13 Reasons Why, will be getting a season two. Hmm. Likely coming out in 2018. Okay, as somebody who did watch the series. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, as somebody who did watch the series, I personally felt that it didn't need it. Mm-hmm. But then there are some unanswered questions uh, that would require me to spoil it at this point. Um, do you do you actually plan on watching it? I'm curious enough about it. I'll All right, then it. I'll shut up. But yeah, there's a lot of unanswered questions uh, that we, you know, that us viewers would like would like answered. But then at the same time, I think 
this the first you know the first season ended on such a good note mm. that it sh- it could be just left alone and then the second season will probably like take away like the heart of the first season mm. but then again everything could still be connected i'm not sure what it's going to you know what is that's what it's going to do and the series is a hit so once again it's possibly about money yeah so i mean yeah. Take the chance, go for it, but I personally feel that it really doesn't need it, and I'm still gonna watch it because at this point I am invested into the story as well. Uh, mm-hmm. A friend of mine, uh, shout out to Billy, he was telling me that he picked up the book and he started reading it. There are some different, there are um, differences um, between the book and the show, and the show as it, as that happens throughout uh, pop culture in general. Mm-hmm. So um, actually, um, I may pick up the book. I'm not sure, uh, but. By all means, let's see. Let's see what happens. If they're, they're gonna go with this, by all means, go for it. Let's see what happens. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, next next headline here: uh, Edge of Tomorrow, a sequel is in the works. To which I say yes. I have the uh, steel steel book edition right there, uh, in the background here. Um, the sequel to the criminally underrated 2014 film will be called Lie, Live, Die, Repeat, and Repeat, and will once again be directed by Doug Lyman. and Emily Blunt is also scheduled to return in this film. Now, have you seen Edge of Tomorrow? I have not. Damn it, man. <laughs> uh, you know what? I mean, I, I, won't, I, won't, I, won't, I won't put this all on you, but um, I gotta... You, will. you uh, want to. No, no, I, I won't, because... Mad people, for some reason, slept on this film hard when it came out three years ago. It's not that I slept on it. I just didn't see it. Well, well, but here's the thing, though. A lot of people, like, for some reason, because like, the trailer t- looked cool and, and the film is great. But I guess, like, a lot of people just weren't really taken in with the whole, I guess, another Tom Cruise sci-fi actioner. Plus, maybe maybe it's because, like, a lot of people haven't heard of the of the. Uh, book that it was based off of, mm-hmm. um, All You Need Is Kill, which is a, a manga. Um, but the but the first film is really cool. It's like it's like a sci-fi version of Groundhog Day, just with more action. Um, it's and and I'm very curious curious to see how they will produce a sequel. Um, if you haven't seen the first film, please do yourself a favor. Watch the first film, Edge of Tomorrow, or Live, Die, Repeat. It's it's a really cool film. Uh, if you if you like action, if you like sci-fi, Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise are, are awesome in it. And Tom Cruise is a good actor all the guy. Oh, of course, you know, and 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 and, you, and who can say no to Emily Blunt? But um, but yo, like I said, man, I, I have it right here. It's it, it, watch it. It's on Blu-ray. I got this fancy schmancy steelbook. The it's fanciest of packaging. Just how like Victor loves it. Oh yeah. It's 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 a great film, man, and I'm telling you, stop sleeping on this film. All right, we need to, we need to see we need to we need to see more films like Edge of Tomorrow and less of the Transformers of the world. I mean, you hated so strong on that trailer when we went to the movies to see that. I really I did. Mean, if you if you followed <laughs> us on our instant on our Instagram, it, I actually shot an insta story he didn't even notice because he completely like closed his eyes i did i i, I was when the trailer <laughs> just popped out so the f what i mean i felt i slouched in my chair when that the transformers the last night yeah the last the tra- night when the trailer was playing uh, before guardians volume 2 i slouched in my chair so 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 deep when i just fell asleep i was just like he didn't do all that he's over exaggerating <laughs> but i mean he just I might as well have. it wasn't even a bad trailer 
You just said you're just so close-minded, set in ways that you didn't even no. bother looking. Uh, uh no, no, no. I've seen the trailer before, first of all, and uh, like tw two or three times. But I gotta say, I gotta say this. Well, as far as Transformers go, listen. This is a public service announcement from Victor Amoyo at Codex Prime. Listen, all you popcorn munching mouth breather, <laughs> mouth breather motherfuckers out there, if you stop spending your money on these motherfucking films. They will stop making more of these motherfucking films. Just don't go see them. The move, the movies suck. Just don't go. If you don't go, you don't spend your money. They won't make any more of these movies. I'm sure there's a a good crowd that probably would disagree with you. Well, I enjoyed them. For, I, damn. Fuck them. Fuck them. You know why? Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> fuck them. Because I'm gonna go tell go you ahead, why. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm gonna tell you why. Because. You you motherfuckers will spend money on some deri derivative nonsense like the Transformers films. We're getting f f a fifth one. Five. So it's a problem. So problem. All those movies are exactly the same. Just just loud visual noise. Just clutter. Just clutter all over the screen. With, 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 with shitty shitty writing. Nonsense. Non nondescript characters. Unmemorable characters. Um, have you seen the first? Have you seen all four of them? I've what? seen I've seen the first two. Revenge of the Fallen was all was was where I stopped, and that's all I needed to see. Especially with those two freaking Amos and Andy Step and Fetch twins from from that movie. You remember them, like Mud Flap and Skids, or whatever the fuck they're called. You know, fuck them. It's like like a Robo Blackface is what I call them. And as far as I'm concerned, man, y'all y'all motherfuckers would spend money on these on these motherfucking films, but you're not gonna spend money on some unique films like Edge of Tomorrow. Really, really. I mean, stop. Right, keep going. Tell them why you mad. Stop spending your money on the Transformers franchise. If you stop spending your money on these movies, they won't make any more of these movies. And hey, we may we might see more of the Edge of Tomorrow's and more original creative filmmaking in the multiplexes. None, none, none of this robots in disguise bullshit. People like that. People like to have fun. When you can you can have fun, but have fun. You want people to cry in the theater, don't you? No, it's not that. It's like you can have fun in the theaters, but have fun with with unique, creative films that actually mean something, that actually have a voice, that fucking matter. None none of this whole Optimus Prime, Optimus Prime, uh, Bumblebee peeing on people nonsense. <laughs> Fuck out of here, man. That's awesome. Shit. Oh my God. Hey, look, it's Optimus Prime. I'm Mark Wahlberg. I'm over here cashing a check. Man, that shit. Come on, Marky Mark. You can do way better. You've, you're a great actor. Do better, man. Do better for yourself, man. I know, I know, I know. You and Michael Bay are boys. You're, 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 just, you're just, you're just collecting another paycheck. That's cool. But you know what? You've done better movies, Marky Mark. Get with the program. Do he, better films. He wants to do fun movies. You're, you're above Transformers, bro. You're above it. He did Ted, and you hated Ted, didn't you? I like the first Ted. Ted two was cool. Was it cool? Was Ted two cool? Yeah, it was a good. One. It wasn't as good as the first one, but. You know, sequels are usually hard to follow up on. Something mm. that we'll get into later. But I got you. Um, yeah, tattoo was cool. There, this is one part. One part, and it was like they were celebrating about something. And they said, "Oh, you are you thinking what I'm? Let's go celebrate. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Let's go to the improv. Improv and yell out sad suggestions." And mm -hmm. You have to YouTube the scene. Okay. YouTube the scene. Hilarious. All right. Interesting. All right. So next on the list. Hellboy reboot in the works. The film has a working title of Hellboy, Rise of the Blood Queen, and Neil, Mar Neil Marshall from The Descending and Game of Thrones is in talks to direct. Andrew Cosby, Christopher Gola, and Hellboy creator Mike Mignola are, so are writing the screenplay. 
David Harbour from String excuse me from Stranger Things is set to play, and Guillermo del Toro and Ron Perlman will not be involved in the reboot. Mm. Uh, have you seen the Hellboy films? I watched them, but I didn't really pay pay that much attention to them. But I mean, I did like you know Ron Perl. I did like Ron Perlman as um, Hellboy. So mm -hmm. I mean, sure, why not? Mm. I mean, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a legion of fans out there who probably will disagree because they've become so emotionally invested into uh, Ron Perlman and Gerald Ron Perlman's um, portrayal of Hellboy. Mm -hmm. So, um, but hey, take the chance if you can do it. If you think you can pull it off, pull it off. Yeah, it's all about taking chances, Hollywood. Yeah. And taking chances and taking chances doesn't oh, yeah, mean making no. more motherfucking Transformers films. But, oh, but uh, getting getting into the Hellboy uh, uh, thing, I mean, I'm I'm actually pretty happy that they are making a another Hellboy film because for years, ever since um, Hellboy Two came out, mm -hmm. you know, fans, myself included, have been clamoring for Hellboy Three. But I, I guess I guess for some reason, I guess Hellboy Two didn't make enough money. I, th I think it did break profit if I'm not if I remember correctly, but it didn't make as as much money as uh, as the studios wanted it to, and uh, Guillermo del Toro and Ron, Ron Perlman, they've had I think they've had some trouble trying to get a third film developed. Possibly. And um, and do you think maybe Ron Perlman has like you know grown a little too old for the for the role? Yeah. I mean, that's the, when did Hellboy two come out? Help, uh, two thousand eight. Yeah, so that's something. Um, that's nine years ago. Yeah, like eight years. Is it nine years ago? Yeah. Oh yeah, nine. Yeah, wow, time's gone by super quick. You know, man. Yeah, and plus, like Hellboy Two, I remember it came out a week before The Dark Knight, which pretty much overshadowed Hellboy Two during that time. Listen, The Dark Knight just overshadowed everything. I remember when I was actually um, doing doing a re uh, during my day during my pro wrestling days, I we uh, had an event. EPW had an event mm. that Friday where The Dark Knight premiered. And it was so, I mean, people came out to the show, mm -hmm. but it was like, eh, we really didn't get what we had hoped for. This is like, and then I remember Bob saying, well, I just learned my lesson to, to you know, schedule an event the day the biggest movie of the year decides to debut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that, that was, it, it was a phenomenon at the time. But, yeah, um, definitely was. That was actually the first Blu-ray I bought, The Dark right. Knight. Nice. And it's still, in my view, the greatest uh, comic book film of all time, in my opinion. Uh, but title to it. But uh, but yeah, getting back to Hellboy. See, you see, we're already overshadowing Hellboy. I mean, what did that tell yeah. you? But but I will I will say that um, David Harbour, he's a very good actor. Um, yeah, I was highly. I haven't seen him in anything before Stranger Things, and maybe mm -hmm. I have. I just didn't know who he was. Mm -hmm. But um, I mean, he 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 nailed it in Stranger Things. So mm -hmm. I mean. Give so, the man a chance. Yeah, I do. I do like. I do think it's inspired. It's an inspired choice to cast him as Hellboy. I think he'll definitely. Um, uh, kind of has the look, you know, the little square head that Ron Perlman also also has. Yeah, well, true, but nobody, nobody's jaw or cranium is as square but, as no, the great Ron Perlman. Not at all. But uh, but I think David Harbour. I think he'll he'll be a, a worthy successor to Ron Perlman, who definitely made that role his own. I, I do wish that uh, Hellboy three did, did get off the ground, but this is definitely the next best thing. You know, I read somewhere that Hellboy that um, Ron Perlman actually goes to like children's hospitals in the Hellboy costume. Oh, that's awesome! Just to like grant wishes or whatever. Nice. Yeah. No, good. Good on. Good on you, Ron Perlman. Yeah. But yeah. Um, 
yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, um, more news of this Hellboy movie as it develops. And um, hey, hopefully this will get more people into not only the previous two films, which are great, but also the comic series as well, which is also pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah, I've been hearing good things about the comic series. Yeah, and um, a couple of trailers were released uh, within the past few days. Um, let's start off with um, Aris's favorite, The Dark Tower. Mm. Yep, with uh, Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. Uh, Matthew McConaughey playing the, being the main villain, the man in black, and Idris Elba as the main the guns, hero. The gunslinger? Yeah, you know, like, I haven't read any of the Dark Tower books, Not but... Really. but happened as well. Yeah, so this will pretty much be my first uh, foray, foray into this whole Stephen King Dark Tower universe. Um, I know Aris has has, um, has waxed poetic about how great the series is. Yes. And if the trailer is any indication, we are definitely in for a major treat. And, uh, Aris has posted that trailer. We're on. I'm on three different chats with Aris, and he has posted that trailer on all three of them. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so he's pretty. And I mean, I I remember leaving the theater from where I went to see Fate and the Furies. Mm -hmm. I took the pic picture of the poster, and he just re he replied so happily. Yeah. So, I mean. Oh yeah, and um, I think I think Dark Tower is pretty much Aris's Star Wars. Uh, Possibly, I think Dark Tower. Dark Tower was to Aris as Star Wars is to me. So if if that tells you something, then you know I'm 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 very I'm very interested. I'm very looking much looking forward to it, to this film. It's coming out August fourth, and um, I don't know. I'll, I'll definitely do some research on what books I should read in the Dark Tower universe because I know there's a graphic novel adaptation. So I don't know if I should start with that or just get into the uh, the regular novel. I'd say the probably the novel would be the best choice. Yeah. Indeed. You can, get, you can get into greater details. Oh, yeah. Also, set to, debut, set to debut on August 18th, Marvel's The Defenders will be coming out. Mm. And that trailer is fire. So, yes. I mean, it, I think it has the potential to redeem itself from uh, Iron Fist, even though I still found Iron Fist enjoyable, though, enjoyable, but I do understand why everybody pretty much hated it. But um, I think... With the whole ensemble cast, I think the Iron Fist can actually be the Iron Fist character can actually piggyback off of that, and it actually can it can probably like step up his performance much better. I've heard um, uh, Luke Cage, uh, Mike Coulter, and and um, Finn Jones actually been like their chemistry is actually very very good. Oh nice! So ho hopefully that could lead into uh, Heroes for Hire. So mm. so as we can see, maybe you know since Iron Fist can't really survive too much on his own, but I think it can actually pick up with the Defenders. Um, mm. Show clips of Sigourney Weaver as the main villain. I didn't really get her name yet, mm. but um, I'm really I'm at this point I'm so invested. I'm actually mostly invested into the whole Defenders um, lineup. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. Hopefully, uh, I mean, Electra's going to show up. Hopefully, John Bernthal's Punisher will be in there too, as well as um, Vincent D'Onofrio's uh, um, Wilson Fisk. So, I mean, I, um, I'm amped up and I'm ready. Yeah, same here. My thoughts exactly. I mean... You still didn't watch Iron Fist, though. Yeah, I, I know, but... Uh, you might as well just watch it. Get the whole story in and just... I'll I'll watch the first uh, five episodes. Just get just watch a damn show. I don't know if I want to watch the whole show. I, like, mean, I understand, but you, sometimes you gotta establish an opinion on your own instead of going by what everybody else is. I found it enjoyable, yeah. so I mean maybe you would too. I mean just if you can actually get past you know the slow fighting scenes that they had, which was a huge flaw in it. Um, 
uh, Finn Jones is less than superb acting in it, but I mean, there's there's certain elements that you can still find enjoyable on the show. Okay. Me personally, I enjoy like looking out for the Easter eggs of, you know, leading up to the Defenders, uh, looking out for a Stan Lee cameo, which is always fun to me. But mm. um, now question. Yes, sir. Do you prefer that I watch Iron Fist or start on Sons of Anarchy? Definitely start start with Sons of Anarchy first, but I would definitely choose Sons Sons over Iron Fist. Mm -hmm. But as time goes uh, goes on into the Defenders, mm -hmm. just you know brush up and catch the catch Iron Fist because remember they all come together. Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, uh, I will bite the bullet eventually, and I will uh, watch Iron Fist. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I'll just do it. Yeah, it's 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 a job, um, and. Uh, Last, last but not least, we have a third trailer, third big trailer that came out. The second official trailer for Blade Runner twenty forty nine coming out October sixth. Um, Looks good. Okay. Um, did I watch the Blade, old Blade Runners movies when I was a kid? So I, w it actually made me want to revisit the um, revisit the old movies. Um, I, and then one thing I didn't notice that I actually I got a little happy about was you can actually see an Atari symbol. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, hey, I had one at a I had an Atari. Not really yeah. old enough to remember having it, but mm -hmm. I. But um, I, I did play some Atari, but mm -hmm. that 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 looked cool. That was cool to me. Yeah. Um. And this and this it was cool about this trailer is that it didn't reveal any um any story information. Nothing. Nothing at all. Yeah. Just some gorgeously shot imagery. Um. And and it's by uh, the director is Denis Villeneuve who did a. Uh, uh, Sicario and Arrival, as well as Prisoners. Okay. Um, so, awesome choice for a director. Um, I'm very interested in seeing uh, Harrison Ford's character, who was the who Deckard, who was the main protagonist in the first film. Um, I want to. I'd like to know if there's like a big mystery surrounding his character, because like one of the big questions, like ever since the film came out, like over 30 years ago, is whether or not his character Deckard is a human or a replicant. Yeah. So, I, I don't know if. Uh, I mean, I think with seeing Harrison Ford in this film, I think that answers that question. But I, I don't know. Maybe there's something, some other unexplored uh, avenues that the film could take in that with that regard. You think he's gonna kill himself off in this movie? You know what? That's a that's a damn good question. Like, if this continues the trend of Harrison Ford killing off his uh, his, his iconic character, <laughs> yeah, like with uh, Han Solo in The Force Awakens. Um, and that also reminds me, he does have another Indiana Jones film coming out in 2020, I believe. Oh, he's trying to kill that nostalgia from yeah. all the 80s babies. Yeah, it's, it, I don't know, it, it's really, it's, it would, be, it would be really weird if, if Deckard were to die in this film. I don't know if they'll take that, take that route, but. Could he be dropping hints that he's retired? Could be, could be. I mean, hey, hey you know what? I mean, if I'm gonna kill off all my characters, so no can so won't anybody keep asking me to bring them back. <laughs> hey, who knows? But uh, hey, I'm, I'm. This is one sequel that I'm definitely looking forward to, and um, hopefully, I will say this. Hopefully, they won't. Hopefully, Hollywood won't get any ideas and try to expand Blade Runner to like an old, it's like a oversaturated cinematic universe. If it sells well, they will definitely do so. I, I really hope not. I mean, we're starting to see that with Alien, but yeah. d d just 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 let Blade Runner be its own thing. All right, don't don't Transformers it up. Don't don't Fast and Furious it up. All right, just let it breathe on its own. Let it grow. Let it be its own thing. You oh, know, expanding it to a universe can help it grow. Mm -mm -mm. They can. Not not everything has to be a cinematic universe, though. I agree, but it's just saying it can. 
It how about don't see the? How about have everybody not see the movie so it won't grow into a universe? All right, don't do you, that. No, don't don't do that. We'll I mean, let you be the only one. Sp look, listen, spend your money. If you spend your money on Blade Runner twenty forty nine and other unique films like that, Hollywood would, would be compelled to make more unique films. So how about this? Save your money. Don't watch The Last Night of Transformers, or whatever the fuck it's called. Save your money and wait until October 6th and watch Blade Runner 2049. Are Boom. you actually okay with people actually fire, bootlegging and fire sticking Transformers? Okay, alright, alright, sorry, alright, right, I'll admit, okay, you, you, you caught me in like a, a, a ethical quandary, if you will. Yes. Here's, here's the thing. I don't per I don't advocate piracy. I don't advocate you know bootlegging films. Or... I know I know that. That's why I asked. So for me, so for me to say, so for me to say, oh yeah, boot bootleg these films because I don't like these filmmakers. That would be very hypocritical and specious on my part. So if you're a fan of say like Tyler Perry or Adam Sandler for for God knows whatever reason or Transformers. I actually learned that Adam Sandler is coming out. Is Adam Sandler and Chris Rock are coming off with a with a good one. Really. Yeah, it's um, it's basically about like they play um, they they play two fathers, mm -hmm. and their kids are get, uh, getting married to each other, but they don't like each other because like Adam Sandler's character is like a plumber, mm -hmm. and um, Chris Rock's um, character is like a rich. I can think of maybe a Wall Street executive or something. So I mean, mm -hmm. it touches on like race and classism and all mm -hmm. that. It's actually it seems like it sounds like it could be a nice good. Nice little wholesome comedy that Victor will hate strongly. I mean, it's Adam Sandler, so it doesn't give me any hope to begin with. But, um, but, but yeah, like I said, you know, if if you want to, if you if you if you're gonna see Transformers, you know, then yeah, don't bootleg it, you know. But I will tell you, see other films, see better films, films. I'm sure people will see other films too. But see, we just like to see people who like to see Transformers because they don't know any better. But listen, why do they have to do all that? They could just want. They want to. People just want to be entertained and just have fun. Hey, let's go see this fun yeah, movie. You can be entertained, I want, listen, but, that's, but don't sacrifice. Don't sacrifice quality. Don't check your brain at the door. Watch something that actually matters. Shit, fuck these movies. The Transformers doesn't fucking matter. This Transformers is is is, is popcorn. It's fast food. It's fast food, man. Okay, people like fast food. Some people just want to have some fast food. Yeah, I don't well, want to have a full course meal every time. I'm shit. I'll take a fucking Big Mac every once in a blue moon. Yeah, well, when you die of a triple triple bypass triple fucking bypass heart attack or whatever it's called, you deserve it. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I, 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 like okay, like I said, like I said, you know what? Don't bootleg movies. You know, don't don't do that piracy thing. But with that being said, save your money, don't see Transformers, or if anything, if you want to see Transformers, just wait till it comes out at Redbox and just rent it. That way you give less money to the studios. I don't know. Potato, potato, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but... Anyways. Yeah. On to the, on to the main event. Yes, the main event, uh, the showstopper, the headliner, the icon. The main event of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, which is the biggest release uh, this past weekend. Um, you know what? 
Carl, why don't you give us, why don't you bless us with a Carl Bird summary? Oh, man. Okay. What this film is about. Okay, the, the plot basically, it actually explores Peter Quill's um, heritage. Mm -hmm. Okay, it, it revolves around, yeah, Peter Quill end up finding his father, Ego, which is played by uh, Kurt Russell. Mm -hmm. And um, he, Throughout the movie, he pretty much yeah learns about his heritage, where he comes from. Like I mean, obviously he knew about you know growing up with his mother and stuff, but then he never knew anything about his father. Mm -hmm. So and now, that whole story comes a full circle for him. Hmm. Indeed, and also was uh, that for a fucking Carl summary? Yeah, that was that was very good, man. Yo, <laughs> all right, all right, well, I'm gonna clap it up. You know, the, you, you didn't stumble. It was pretty clear. Yeah, that's that's an improvement. <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, uh, Guardians 2, it, it is also the 15th uh, film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, a lot of freaking catch I actually plan yeah. on buying all the MCU films on DVD, on Blu-ray, and I got a lot to do. Yeah. I don't own any. Really? You don't own any of the films? Nah, I never. I, for, wow. for a period of time, I just stopped buying DVDs. Mm. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Shame on you. But uh, Sorry, I have shit to spend money on. Yeah, like the like Transformers movies. But uh, I actually haven't seen a Transformers movie since the third one. Good, good. Keep it that way. But yeah, um, but yeah, Guardians Two, man. It's uh, also written and directed by James Gunn uh, once again, who directed the 2014 hit. And um, before we get into it, um, we, this 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 review will contain spoilers. So um, I will say that. Uh, well, I'll hold off on my opinion. If, so, yeah. You want to hold off on your I enjoyed yeah. it. Um, I felt that it was a filler episode, like a filler episode mm -hmm. of the MCU. Mm -hmm. um, that is straight away from, you know, the build-up to, to um, the big, huge fight to Infinity Wars with Thanos. Uh, Thanos, I don't even think he was mentioned, but he wasn't. He wasn't in it. But, um, yeah, it just seemed like a filler episode, like a little side story of, you know, learning Peter Quill's heritage. But um, I still found it enjoyable. It was more comedic than, you know, action-filled. You know, action but I, I got my good laughs, and I still felt that I got my money's worth. Okay. Yeah, you know, um, I... I expected this movie to kind of be exactly like the first film, also in terms of quality and, you know, the story structure. Mm -hmm. um, I came away from, from Volume 2 rather disappointed. Um, it's, it's, not, it's, it's, it's not a terrible film. It's not DCEU awful, so, which, which, is, which is a plus. However, it, the movie did leave me wanting. Um, it does have some entertaining bits, th bits throughout, but I felt, like, I felt that the first film was far superior. Uh, in terms of quality and, and entertainment value, um, I felt like this this story didn't didn't it, 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 like you said it, it's a filler episode. Yeah. I felt like the the characters are pretty much jogging in place. There was no apart from Peter Quill and also to a certain extent uh, Gamora. There weren't there weren't those weren't any there wasn't any real development. Slight slight something slight progression with yeah. Gamora. Yeah, like Slight. we'll get that to the spoiler section. Yeah, like besides besides her, like there wasn't really any real development with the rest of the characters. Um, oh, well, besides another one. Some of the new we'll ones that it. some of the new ones that came in, well, like I said, yeah, we'll get to that in the spoiler section. Yeah, so we'll get into that in spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, or if, and if you still want to see it, um, definitely um, skip ahead, skip ahead uh, to uh, 
in, in this episode to avoid our spoiler-filled review, which is which will commence in just a few seconds. But um, it, it, but but in my opinion, overall, before we get into it, like I said, definitely not uh, the MCU's finest hour with this film. But it could have been a hell of a lot worse. So, ready to spoil? Yes, let's spoil volume Five, two. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, spoilers. All right, so um. Well, uh, the film begins, uh, I will say, uh, with um, with a rather inspired, well, I wouldn't say inspired, but I will say that one of my biggest issues with uh, Guardians 2 is that, I guess, I guess writer-director James Gunn mm -hmm. uh, kind of felt compelled to turn up the notch, turn up the heat on many of the elements that were a hit in the first film, like the humor yeah. and, and, the, and the music as well. Um, I felt like the film was a little overkill in terms of the humor and, and the music and that and, and those two aspects because it felt like it was just beating you over the head. It's like, oh, look how funny we are! Hey, we got we got you like the big bright colors of the first film. Hey, we got bigger brighter colors in this film. You, you like you like the music? You like the seventies and eighties hits? Guess what? We got more seventies and eighties hits for for you to listen to. And it's like, and it's like, oh, did you, did you like the jokes and the quips from the first film? You got even more jokes and quips. Oh, oh, we got, some we got good ones. There was some yeah. good ones. Oh my God, Taserface yeah. was hilarious. Yeah, but like Brad, I mean, that like I'm listening to that. I'm just listening to the Taser Face. Um, yeah, the Taser Face, right? Yeah, it was Taser Face. Really. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm listening to that, and then next thing, it was funny too. The Hangover was on, was on like the next day. Mm -hmm. I caught it on TV, and I'm just sitting there like, wow, that was Bradley Cooper, like all the way. It was freaking hilarious. So. Yeah. And then what was funny too, and um, when he was talking to the I. I believe it was Aisha that he was talking to, that he was talking to mm. and he's like tell him it's from Taserface and then Aisha goes <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah uh, like nice little running gag yeah there were, there were running gags throughout this film um, I do feel like the 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 humor in this film while it did land uh, for for the most part I felt like there was too much of it in the sense that it did undercut many of the serious scenes that they had, serious moments throughout. Because even even like they, they like I felt like the the film was afraid of letting those serious moments hang. Like it felt like oh yeah we got this genuinely emotional moment between like two characters. So why don't we just throw a quick joke in there so we can like lighten it up, lighten it up a little bit. And it felt and it felt it felt a bit much. Like. I felt like I felt like Drax was pretty overbearing in this film. He showed a little more per personality than the first one. I will give him that. Uh, yeah, he does. Batista's developing slowly, but eventually, and I'm saying it's a long eventually, surely. Yeah. Um, like like, like Batista, like, like uh, nothing, nothing against Batista's performance because Batista was he, he's, he's awesome as Drax. Yeah, he nails it. He has yeah. like, the, he has the, the look and just. Oh yeah, absolutely. yeah. He was perfect casting for Drax, like. Absolutely, and um, and, and Drax is a character who like who ha who his species, you know, they don't understand sarcasm. They take everything literally, yeah. and so you kind of see a bit more of that in this film, and you kind of see Drax lightening up a bit, but also. I did. I did. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I did like his chemistry with Mantis though. Yeah, that that was pretty like you know, and the, and um, the actress who played Mantis was actually beautiful, and he's like, no, you are ugly. Oh yeah, you are just an ugly shit. <laughs> oh yeah, Mantis is um essentially um Kurt Russell ego ego's pet, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and Mantis is a character who has the ability to uh, uh, uh read and understand people's emotions by touching them. Yeah. 
and also uh, experiencing their emotions but in that way as well and um and I, I think with i think with going getting back to drax i felt like there wasn't he wasn't really needed in this film because he really didn't do anything of no, he didn't. in this he movie. He didn't. He just did. Yeah, he like like every like every few seconds, like it's like every other scene, Drax would like ha 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 ha, just like laugh boisterously. It's like ha 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 ha. I laugh at jokes because that's my character. I I, I take things literally. Ha ha ha. And, and it got it got annoying really quickly after a while. It got it got a little overbearing. I didn't let I didn't let it annoy me. I was still entertained by the whole thing. Yeah, but like I felt like Drax really was kind of wasted in here. Like he wasn't. If you took him out, then the film. Yeah, you wouldn't have missed him. Yeah, it wouldn't. You wouldn't have missed him. It wouldn't have made any difference to the overall film, overall plot. And right. which, and speaking of which, I felt like the first forty-five minutes of this film was really unfocused. Like it felt like the first, the first hour roughly was really meandering. Like as I was watching the film, I was like, okay, I'm not really following what this, where exactly this film is going. Like, like. Like what, what? What? What's the purpose of these characters here? What exactly are they doing? Why are they doing this? Why are they doing the things that they're doing? It's like the film didn't really have a real clear sense of direction for a large part of the first half, and which really took me out of it a bit. Yeah, I get. Yeah, it was definitely like how you said earlier. They were just. It was just Guardians of the Galaxy, just kind of running, just kind of jogging in place. They were. They were yeah. on a treadmill. Yeah. So it kind of felt so, like it kind of felt like a a, a, a sitcom in space, like. Like you know, you're hanging out, hanging out with your homeboys in outer space, kind of. Thing. How did you asshole? I was really just gonna say that. Oh man, you see what kids, I did there? Kids, Google homeboys in outer space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god, what a terrible show. Jesus. You know what? I won't be surprised if if we see a homeboys in outer space. Oh <laughs> my god. Yeah, I wouldn't be. <laughs> oh my god, that was bad. It is and the so sad part is I watched it every week for like the few episodes that it did have. Oh my god. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, but oh, yeah. Flex Alexander. <laughs> I'm so glad you got a hit with one on one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like yeah, but this, this film kinda of felt like you were just hanging out with your with your boys, like for for most of it. So it, it kinda of felt like a sitcom in that way. Yeah. You know, pretty aimless. And I will say this though, and I, and I know this might this might engender some a bit of controversy among our among our uh, viewers and listeners as well uh -oh. as fans of the MCU. But uh -oh. I dislike Baby Groot. I knew you was gonna take a shot at Baby Groot. And, and here's why: like, like it, it, Baby like, Groot. Okay, I'm gonna tell you this right now. Yeah. Baby Groot was simply just to sell toys. Yes, that was my biggest issue with it. Like, especially with the opening credits. The opening credits, like, almost literally shoved Baby Groot in your nah, face. Yeah, it did. It did. They gave us the Roman Reigns up for, for Baby Groot. Yes, it did. Like, it, it just I mean, I still I throat. still find them. I found them a little funny and entertaining, but I they really... They pushed, they pushed Baby Groot better than they did Roman Reigns, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. Because we don't hate Baby Groot. Uh, well, that's debatable. I, mean, I didn't uh, I didn't say we didn't. I mean, it, Baby Groot was entertaining. Yeah, but it but was. I don't think we hate. I don't necessarily. I wouldn't consider Baby Groot an enemy. Like I consider right. Roman Reigns an enemy. Right. I mean, he didn't. He didn't. I mean, Baby Groot didn't. Didn't end. I swear to God, if you do, if you say something out of line. <laughs> I know. I know. Like Baby Groot, he did not conquer Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania 30 and defeat him again at at 33. But um, you know, I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll take that. I mean, I will say that Baby Groot, he's he's not he's not the he, he was like the Undertaker in the sense that like he 
he was he kind of overstayed his welcome. It's like go I'm home. Let me tell you, did not overstay his welcome. That man is a legend. You do not disrespect the God amongst men. He is a legend, but you gotta admit. You didn't know he did not. At WrestleMania 33 was like, go home, Grandpa. You're tired. No, he wasn't. I said, nope. I was out. It's like you, you need a blanket. We're getting off subject. We're getting off subject. <laughs> We're getting off subject. But yeah, like like the, the opening credits, like it, it literally shoves Baby Groot in your face. It was clearly a commercial to sell Baby Groot action figures, especially those vinyl pop figures of Baby Groot, which I'm sure will fly off the shelves. That stupid fad. Ugh. But. But man, like I, I just felt like it was just crass commercialism. 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 Yeah. It, it was. It, it was like it was like Space Jam all over again in that sense. But, but yeah, like Baby Groot, I thought was a little overbearing. Um, I also felt like. Uh, well, Gamora, Gamora actually progressed a bit, you know, with her going more deep into detail with her relation, with her strange relationship with Nebula. Yeah. And then eventually that end up, you know. Healing, so I guess Nebula is now part of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I think they they also I, they, I also felt that they pushed um, Yandu's character even more, seeing that mm -hmm. you know going more into depth with um, his relationship with Peter Quill and how mm -hmm. he basically raised him. And I mean the whole David Hasselhoff was a little um, comparison was a bit funny. Yeah. For me. Um, um, yeah. Wasn't too much. I wasn't too keen on the soundtrack. This you, much, maybe because I didn't know most of the songs. Um, well, for for me, it wasn't so much that, but um, like the the songs, the songs were fine. I know? mean, they fit the they fit the set, they fit the film, but yeah. I I wasn't really too sold on the soundtrack too much. Yeah, I think I think like this film was like the 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 use of the seventies and eighties hits was just as overbearing. It kind of reminded me of Suicide Squad in that way. Like it was just like throwing those wave after wave of those eighties and seventies hits in your face. Like, like, yeah, we get you it. Want to use designer and yeah, would you like them to use guys like designer and little Yachty and little Uzivert and me? Well, and well, no, it would, that would be just that would be that would be worse. But, <laughs> but it, it was like it was like okay, I get it. Peter Quill is a child of the '80s. Got it. It's like we don't you don't have to shove that in our faces all the time. But it, but it, it kind of felt like Suicide Squad in that sense where you know it was just beating you over the head with those musical choices. It's like it's like come on James. It's like come on James Gunn. Just slow it down. You're not Quentin Tarantino. You, you don't have to use popular hits. But 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 besides that, um, I will say that with Gamora and Nebula, I thought I thought there was some interesting. Um, I thought their 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 storyline developed further where you learn yeah. more about how Gamora was always the favored one. Yeah, favorite daughter of, of Thanos, and to, at, at the expense of Nebula, to the point where Nebula was was physically and mentally tortured. Like she even had her brain ripped out by Thanos at one point. But and 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 that and it kind of makes it kind of humanizes Nebula a bit more, which I which I did yeah. appreciate. But one thing I, one thing that I didn't like about that is, and, and, and it's not so much about Nebula and, and Gamora, but it's also it's also indicative of, of a bigger problem where. Again with Thanos, it's like it's like tell don't show. It's like it's, you're, you're giving us a lot of telling about how big and bad Thanos supposedly is. Yeah, like a maybe like a little flashback scene could have helped that a bit. Mm -hmm. I see where you're going with that. Yeah, and and maybe I don't know, maybe have Thanos be a much more influential, be be have some kind of impact. Yeah. Tangible impact on the, on the story of this film, so it can kind of build him up more. Yeah. Because like like I said, like like I said, pointing out before, like the, the the whole build up of Thanos is non-existent pretty much. 
So I mean, maybe in this in this film, yeah. Yeah, but um, but but I did I did I did like where where their story was going. So I think that is a positive. There could have been a little bit more with that. Um, but I will say that um, unequivocally, the 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 best aspect of this movie, in my view, was Michael Rooker as Yondu, who was just hands down. He nails that character. So yeah, he he was just so awesome. He does. Yeah, he he's kind of. From what I hear too, Michael Rooker is just an awesome human being in general. Yeah, like he was like such a dick in Walking Dead. Yeah, he he was. He's he's kind of like like Yondu is sort of like he has elements of Merle. Going yeah. to Merlin, Merlin space. Just well, that's good. I think that's probably because that's how um, audiences know him as. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't really seen much of him before until um, before Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. All right, and he he was in um, he did a voiceover in Call of Duty, one of the Black Ops, I believe. Okay. It was no, no, it had to be uh, Modern Warfare Two, believe. Okay. One of the Call of Duty's games, but he was he did some voiceover work, but um. Yeah, so it's like okay, this is he's identified with it, you know, with this car- as this past character. Let's keep a you know, give him a fresh new character, but yet still doing some elements of you know, of Merle Dixon. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and, and I think and I think it worked. It it did it did, and I also liked how you know how you know you you get to see a little bit more of Yondu. He's not just this like this 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 space pirate ruffian. Yeah. Like you also see he also saw a little more development between especially with him and Rocket Raccoon. Like that shit was hilarious. Yeah. Was I, I they awesome chemistry. Awesome, awesome, awesome chemistry. How Yandu literally just broke down Rocket and he said, "Oh, you want to know why you're such an asshole? Because this, he just broke him and he just read him." Yep. He said that you're basically me. Yeah. He's like. Oh well, well, screw you then. Like, so. Yeah, and and Rocket Raccoon, you know, like I, I will say with Raccoon, I thought he was, I thought I thought it was too much of a dick to the point of being pretty unlikable in this movie. Like, in, like in the but he's kind of like, but that's kind of pretty much who he is. Which which I know, he's but a but likable, the, unlikable person. If you catch my drift. Yeah, he's a likable asshole. Like you kind of yeah, see that. Yes. Yeah, but it, it, it was it was balanced well in the first film. This film, I think, I, I didn't think it was balanced that well. Like, it, it was to the point where, like, every time Rocket Raccoon was just being a dick to people, it got a little too much. Like, it was like, I was like, all right, somebody needs to either slap you or put a hole in your head. But <laughs> I think they and they tried. Yeah, but you but know, you mean you mean to tell me you didn't like? Tell me you did not like the taser face scene? That was funny. I mean, I, although I thought the joke ran a little too long, but. One joke that I thought, one gag that I thought ran a little too long was with with Baby Groot. You know, you know when when Yondu and Raccoon are 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 trapped in that in the Ravager oh, cell. Oh, and he they tried to get him to get the Mohawk, and he yeah. just couldn't, and Baby Groot couldn't get it right. Yeah, like he was coming back like five six times. I thought that gag ran a little long, and um, but besides that, I really liked not only Yondu's relationship with Raccoon, but I also liked. His relationship with the Peter Quill, yeah, and how they, how basically they kind of, because like the, because a big, a big theme of this film was fathers and sons, right. and not only you see that with with Quill and, and Ego, but you also see that more with Yondu, and uh, yeah, you Peter learn Quill about well. him more because we knew like, okay, yeah, he, Yondu took him as a child and just trained him to be a, a thief, base a galactic thief, mm-hmm. but we never really got to uh, know that there, we never really got a chance to see how much deeper their relationship really was and mm-hmm. and, and well, it, it was cool because like you got to you got to realize um, especially when you realize with uh, with Kurt Russell's character like why you learn why Yondu 
kidnapped not only kidnapped Peter Quill, but you also learn why he didn't return yeah. Peter Quill to his to his father, and um, and you kind of see like you know cause I think Rondu, Yondu had a really good line. He said that when he was talking about ego, he said that he may be your father, but he ain't your, your daddy. daddy. Yeah, yeah, I was like, that's, that's a good point. But Michael Rooker, he was just so awesome in this film, and um, and I will, and, and, and I would have loved to see him in more Guardians films, but unfortunately yeah. they yeah. Yeah, he in such a heartbreaking way where Victor cried. I didn't cry, but I was, but I actually, I actually felt a little emotional inside. Like, but I especially loved the best moment. The, the best moment before that was when, um, was when uh, he said, "I'm Mary Poppins, y'all." Oh yeah. Oh, that was so. That was He's so like, good. "Who's Mary Poppins? Is she cool?" <laughs> like, like he goes, "Is he cool?" And then Peter Cole's like, "Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's cool." He goes, "I'm Mary Poppins, y'all." And I think I saw. I think I seen somebody make a meme out of that. Um, oh, I bet. <laughs> But yeah, like with uh, when when Yondu uh, sacrificed himself to save to save his adopted son, and and that was a, that was genuinely emotional. I was like, okay, yeah, we this is a genuine death that we see in the MCU. Granted, it's not any of the main characters, but it's a key character nonetheless. Yeah, you kind of yeah, you felt it. Yeah, so I, I definitely appreciated the send off that the rest of the Ravagers gave him as well. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, and then there was some surprise surprising casting. Like I wasn't I wasn't the I. Completely forgot that Sylvester Stallone was gonna make a cameo in it. Mm. Um, I actually learned um, Miley Cyrus did a voice. Oh, really? In the movie, I forgot where. Um, and uh, obviously, Seth Green reprises role as Howard the Duck mm -hmm. in a couple of scenes. Um, you got your Stan Lee cameos. Can't do a Marvel movie without those. Oh, I will say this is the two two cameos at that. Yeah, I will say this is in my view. This is probably the best Stan Lee cameo I've seen yet. Because really? In my view, because like um, it's, it's not just Stan Lee, but you see a I see a brief scene where he's actually talking with the Watchers. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, oh, good. We get, this is the first our, our first glimpse of the Watchers in the MCU. Oh, Tony, Tony Stank was a good one. That was, that was also a really good, really funny one too. Yeah. But um, but that also but uh, but that also brings up many so-called fan theories. And if anyone knows me, I hate fan theories. But I like but fan theories that that Stan Lee. Is actually is probably a watcher because of all. If you link all his cameos in the MCU films, that he's probably one of the watchers or a de facto watcher per se. Which which is like, come on, no, that's let's not get into. I don't that. think that. I don't think that's the case. Yeah. It's just Stan Lee just being Stan Lee, and everybody loves his cameos. Oh, absolutely, we all do. He's the man's a living legend. Yeah. And also, um, like also speaking of surprising cameos, we did see two more with Michelle Yao, who was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, if you yeah. remember. And also Ving Rhames. Yeah, Ving Rhames too. <laughs> Melvin from Baby Boy. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. That, that was a good one. I ho I actually hope he's in more, he's in the next. I hope he's in the next Guardians. Yeah, I mean that that'd be cool. I mean, cause Ving Rhames. I mean, he's he's, he's a cool he's a cool actor. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that he's still he's still putting in work. You know, not just in the Mission Impossible films too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, he's yeah. doing the Arby's commercials. Oh yeah, that too. Oh really? That's him. Yeah, that's him. Oh yeah, getting that get that bang, Ving Rhames. That's what's up. <laughs> So, um, 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 but and then the post-credit scene that I was like actually really happy about. I remember, I'm not sure if you remember, but in one of our past here past um, episodes, one of our questions of the week is who was an MCU character that you were looking forward to see, that you were hoping you would see that they haven't introduced yet, and they dropped a little teaser, a little Easter egg where they showed a cocoon being baked, and Aisha says we shall name him Adam. Yes, leading up to. Adam Warlock. Hmm. Yeah, and Aisha, she's like uh, one of the leaders of that gold-skinned race, the Sovereign. And she's a freak. 
Yeah. She can be MCU's next freak. Okay, freak, okay. All right. <laughs> Peter Quill flirting with her a little bit. That was act. And then Gamora gives her that look. He goes, oh, no, I, I'm, no, I wasn't getting at that. We all know you were. Yeah. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, with the, with the, the sovereign in this film, like, I thought they were... They were what they were. I mean, I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't. I didn't see him as a credible threat. Uh, not, ne- not necessarily. But with the with the Adam Warlock thing, it it does it does put a, a, a potential hole, plot hole because we did see Adam Warlock as like one of the Easter eggs in the first Guardians as one of the collector's trophies. Right. So, I, I, I don't. I don't know. It, 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 it just it, it's just, it's just a little weird to me that they would introduce Adam Warlock in that fashion. But as long as they ask him, I'm, cu- I'm curious of who's gonna portray him. Mm, I mean, I remember when I was talking after, after you know, while we were eating after the movie, and he said maybe Charlie Hunnam, maybe you jack up Matthew McConaughey again. He has that, he has the face of Adam Warlock, so mm. yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, um, maybe a no namer, yeah, possibly. And, um, oh, I, and I, and I will say that, uh, getting, getting back a little bit, um. One of the big flaws of, about this film too is that just like just like the majority of the MCU films, it ends up it it all culminates in a big, ginormous CG-filled light show. Basically, just full of full of full of lasers, and then you know, well, ego. If you ain't, if you are unhappy with that, why don't you just take your ass on to the DCEU? E- e- ego, ego. What do you want? What do you want? You want lights or DC? You want Marvel lights or DCEU darkness? No, the the, the, the the choice isn't doesn't boil to just that. I just want some different shit. I just want some something really different and unique. But, you know, but I think you may but, get it in in um, Black Panther. You may get what you're looking for on Black Panther. I mm, think they're, they're gonna end it in a light show too, just like all the others. I know it. But 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 with this film, you know, in the in the finale, ego ego reveals that ego reveals to Peter Quill that. Um, He's basically impregnated many, many people, many women throughout the galaxy. Oh yeah, he went through his whole phase. Yeah, he went through his whole phase, and uh, apparently none of the none of the children that he sired uh, lived up to his potential. So then, you know, he killed them all, and then that's where that's where Gamora and Nebula discovered his cavern full of corp skeletons and corpses of his of his children, and Peter Quill was the was the was his child that he could that could tap into Ego's planet to tap into Peter Quill's true powers. And so Peter Quill says, "No, I don't want. I don't want those powers. I want to be human." And then that's how the that's how it culminates into that huge, you know, that huge uh, uh, climactic action scene where Ego, the planet, is imploding, yeah. and they have to destroy Ego before it's too late. And you know, the, the 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 finale was just like every other you know MCU light show in that CG light show in that respect. So it, there was no real, for me, there was no real suspense. You know, I will say the one the one gag that made me chuckle was when uh, Peter Quill transformed into that uh, stone Pac-Man. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. When he was going after Kurt Russell's ego, and yeah. um, you know, I mean, which he did to indicate he goes, I can turn into Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah. So, which 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 I thought was pretty pretty. It got a chuckle out of me, but um, I thought the, I thought that the climactic action scene it just it just didn't do anything for me because like it was like okay. Clearly, you know none of the Guardians, they're all going to survive. And also, James Gunn did announce Volume 3 before Volume 2 even came out in theaters. So it's like, this is basically, okay, This okay. so this really, really reinforced the notion that this film really was running in place. Yeah. That I really wasn't pushing the... the, the yeah, but other movies were forward. like that as well, too. But, you know, the... 
I mean, because like when you, I, I thought I thought that I thought that it was like kind of like a missed opportunity. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this. Like, because when you have a character like Ego, who's basically a living planet, yeah. who has all this immense power that that Peter Quill could tap into, and he could be a greater character himself too. The fact that they just that they, they they defeat Ego, such a monumental enemy, and then it's back to normal. Like okay, oh, so much for that. It, 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 it kind of felt like a sitcom where they solve the they solve the major threat, and then it's back to it's like business as usual, usual status status quo. I don't know. It, it just felt a little hollow to me. Say it was a filler episode. Yeah. So, so overall, where would you rank the Guardians Guardians Volume Two in terms of quality? Ugh, I can't necessarily rank it because I never actually did a whole like, oh, this is my first favorite, second favorite, third favorite. Mm. So um, I wouldn't consider it as one of my top favorites. I know one of my top favorites is definitely Civil War. But um, I, I don't know. I can't really say. I can't really say. I, I, I literally would have to like watch them all over again in order and actually maybe when this whole maybe after Infinity Wars I can actually break it down and actually rank them. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be able to do that right now, but I wouldn't consider it one of my favorites. Okay. Yeah. Um, like for me, I would I would put Guardians Volume Two in the same same drawer as Iron Man Two and Thor: The, the Dark World. In terms of, I was, gonna, I was gonna say Doctor Strange, but no, Doctor Strange was better than Guardians too. Okay. But um, I will say like, I'll say this is one of the Marvel sequels that really didn't, really didn't. They didn't need. They didn't need it. Not only, at least not this story. Not yeah, at least not this story. But it just, it just didn't meet expectations. Like I said, it's it's not totally awful. It's not an awful film. Like we're not talking about Suicide Squad or Batman versus Superman. Like this is but Guardians two. It's it's enjoyable. But it's like Iron Man 2 and Thor The Dark World in a sense that I, I have no desire to watch this film ever again. I, I, the first film is much better. Yeah. Um, I can watch the first film repeatedly because the first film is so cool. But, but Guardians 2, I felt like it was largely, for the most part, a disappointment. It, it did have some positive elements to it, but I felt like it could have been a lot more than, than what we ended up getting. Okay. Well, agree or disagree? Let us know. Email the show, CodexMindPodcast at gmail.com as yes. well, or anyway in social media. Yep. So uh, we don't have any emails this week, so on to our question of the week. Last week's was, um, what was the longest amount of time you have spent binge gaming? And we actually got a, we actually got a good, good amount of, um, Replies to us on our Instagram. Okay. Um, Rick the Dawn eighty four says, "Back in the PS one days, twenty eight hours on Xenogears in one sitting." God damn! What? I don't know how that's possible, but he, he did it. He did it. Big ups to him. Um, our resident Marvel hater, who probably had a field day, who's probably gonna have a field day watching or listening to this episode. I have to. I. Had to have been Final Fantasy VII, always trying to level up to defeat Sephiroth and the weapons. Mm. All right. My cousin Isaac BT says 20, straight, 20 hours straight of Fallout New Vegas. Mm. Huge supporter of the show. Close to 13 hours on Call of Duty Black Ops 1 and 2, and also 8 hours straight on Gears of War 2. Mm. I used to break night a lot and ditch friends. <laughs> 
As you wow, do. these guys went in. And Elise5544 says 12 hours on Tomb Raider. Damn. Y'all went in. Oof, that's, Y'all went in. That's some serious binge gaming for sure. Y'all went in. So this week's... <coughs> excuse me. What was your favorite video game soundtrack? Oh, that's a good one. There's so many. There are. There are. I can't even name just one. Mm. Can, I, can I name more than just one? Right, go ahead, because I plan on naming more than one. All right. Um, some some great video game soundtracks. I love the <clears throat> the Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. Okay. Um, Max Payne 3. All right. Uh, Uncharted 3. Uh, Drake's Deception, mm-hmm. kind of inspired by Lawrence of Arabia. That's why I like it. Oh, okay. Um, Bloodborne the soundtrack is incredible. Uh, if you want to go back to the more classic era, Streets of Rage 2. Ah, you took one of mine, you jerk. Hey, I mean, uh, it, it wouldn't be a list without that. Uh, That's true. Um, what else? Man, this is this. There's definitely a whole bunch that I I really gotta think about some. I, I'll think about this a little more. Oh, uh, Final Fantasy X. Oh, gotta say right. Final Fantasy X. Um, I would per- I would have to say um, Streets of Rage two, mm. um, NBA Street Volume two. Mm. Uh, there was another one I had in mind. Oh, Def Jam Fight for New York, Def Jam Vendetta. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the hip hop guy. I mean, the hip hop geek and me talking. Yep. Um. I would probably have to say there was one more that was literally on the tip of my tongue, and I, ugh, I hate when I have multiple, oh, I have these brain farts. Um, NBA Street Volume Three was okay. It was okay. It wasn't one of my favorite. It wasn't as good as Volume Two, but it was okay. Madden 2005 was also a very good one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was a lot of good ones. A lot of good ones. But yeah. Let us know. That will be on our social medias uh, probably within a day or two. So, yeah, let us know. Um, tweet us at Codex Prime Cast. Email us at Codex Prime Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Codex Prime Podcast. Facebook, Codex, was it Codex Dash Prime? Yeah. Facebook.com slash Codex Prime. Yeah. Have to say the whole thing just to get it all right. <laughs> Let us know. Uh, give us a five-star review as well. We can definitely use those to help us move up the ranks. Yes, indeed. And uh, you can also find all our episodes on SoundCloud, YouTube, Google Play, and iTunes. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, we're, we're pretty much everywhere. Just Google Codex Prime. You'll, you'll see us. We, we're there. Yeah. So, uh, once again, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, give us that five-star review. Tell a friend. Uh our, about our show like listen subscribe share do it all yeah all that do stuff all. and we thank you for supporting us and riding with us all this time so yes really so, appreciate it yes much appreciated so once again thank you for listening thank you for watching peace out nerds Bye.